A quick note, if you are just finding this podcast, go back to episode one. This story will make a lot more sense if you start from the beginning. And a warning, this episode includes mentions of self-harm. Hey, Locked listeners, it's Amanda Peacher. I have a letter in front of me, dated February 18th, 2019. It's the first communication I received from Adri Edmo. She was writing me back after I sent her a letter saying I was interested in her story and her case. She told me she didn't know what I was looking for, that all the legal proceedings were out there and I could look for myself. You know, when I first started reporting this story, I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for either. It's been a year and a half of scouring court documents and public records and tracking down Adri's friends and trying to make sense of the legal ins and outs of this case. And now, one thing is almost 100% certain. Adri Edmo is going to get her gender confirmation surgery. The Supreme Court was presented with an argument that they should step in and stop that surgery. The court didn't do that. The failure of the Supreme Court to grant a stay means this is a settled law in the Ninth Circuit. She just said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I just don't want to be one of those people that selects who, who should be leading the fight and how they should be leading that fight. We should just all be fighting. You're listening to Locked, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio and the Mountain West News Bureau. I'm Amanda Peacher. A few weeks ago, the U.S. Supreme Court denied the state of Idaho's request to put Adri's surgery on hold. So as promised, I've been sifting through what that decision means for Adri, for prison systems, and for other inmates like her. One of the first people I called was Adri's lead attorney, Lori Rifkin. I wanted to know how Adri reacted when she heard the news about the Supreme Court decision in her favor. She was overwhelmed. She was overcome with the excitement of it. She just said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh my God, I can't believe it. It's been a long six years since Adri first asked for the surgery and three years since she sued the state. Lori says it's been a roller coaster. And so to finally hear, this might be it. You know, I think there's a sense from her of disbelief, of relief, of joy, of appreciation. Now, I should point out that there's a slim chance the Supreme Court could still consider Idaho's appeal. A very, very slim chance, according to every legal expert I talked to. Here's why. So Idaho put in two requests to the Supreme Court. Number one, to put a hold on Adri's surgery. That's called a stay application. That's what the justices just said no to. But the state also asked the court to overturn the Ninth Circuit decision. So technically, the justices could still take up that request. But I think that's highly unlikely. This is Michael Mushlin. He's a law professor at the Elizabeth Hobbs School of Law at Pace University. And I've asked for his perspective on Adri's case every step of the way this past year and a half. Since they've had full consideration of the stay application, it was completely briefed and the, all the justices voted on it. And as we know, they said no to that. We're not halting Adri's surgery. That procedure will happen in a couple of weeks. And? And obviously you can't unring a bell. You can't go back and redo what hopefully will take place. So it, it would be in a very odd posture to take the case. Michael Mushlin told me the fact that the justices didn't grant the stay, that in and of itself is noteworthy and important. It happened. The Supreme Court was presented with an argument that they should step in and stop that surgery. The court didn't do that. (laughs) 
So we know this is a very big deal for Adri, but what about other trans inmates and prisons? The failure of the Supreme Court to grant a stay means this is a settled law in the Ninth Circuit. That's Josh Blackman. He's a constitutional law professor at South Texas College of Law, Houston. And yes, as we said, the justices could swoop in at the final hour with a surprise decision to hear the overall case. But as I mentioned, every legal expert I talked to says that's not going to happen, including Professor Blackman. He told me Adri's win basically means that prisons within the Ninth Circuit will have to provide that treatment. We're talking California, Montana, Idaho, Alaska, Hawaii, much of the Western U.S. That's the rub. They'll start providing these sorts of surgeries and procedures. Now, of course, that doesn't mean every transgender inmate who says, I want the surgery, is going to get it. They'll still have to be assessed by doctors who will determine whether it's medically necessary, like it is in Adri's case. That said, Idaho's governor, Brad Little, says he's going to keep fighting, although there don't seem to be any more tools in the state's chest to do that. Meanwhile, the prison system is moving on. Adri is getting her surgery in July. And Wally Campbell... Uh, I'm Walter Campbell. ...has become a sort of celebrity on the correctional management talk circuit. I'm the chief psychologist for the Idaho Department of Correction. Because Idaho has had to quickly figure out new policies for transgender inmates. The Edmo case certainly... Uh, lit a fire under us, like, we've got to review this. And the truth is, you go to any conference on correctional management and healthcare, how we manage this population is a hot, burning topic everywhere. Remember, Adri used to get DORs, or disciplinary offense reports, for looking like a woman, for wearing makeup or having a high ponytail. Here she is in 2015 talking about that at a disciplinary hearing. I have a lot of DORs for presenting as female hairstyles and whatnot, okay? So forgive me if I'm trying to tone that down to fit into IDOC's guidelines. But I'm trying not to break the rules, and that's a difficult thing. But Adri's lawsuit forced the prison to change some of those rules. And Wally Campbell tells me he's working on an even more flexible policy for trans inmates. We're trying to move away from policing gender. That hairstyle's too feminine. You have pigtails. There's not really a very sound penological justification for prohibiting wearing pigtails. So my takeaway from talking to Wally and looking at how other prison systems are changing is this. I think in some ways it's getting better for transgender inmates. And Adri has something to do with that. Last year, we asked community members in Idaho to share their reactions to Adri's case and the idea of the state of Idaho providing gender confirmation surgery to a transgender inmate. And what we heard is, it didn't sit well with a lot of people. I can't find a way to work my head around where the state should pay for this, in my mind, elective surgery. I think she can get it done on her own when she gets out. Some criticism we heard came from within the trans community. I wouldn't be honest if I said that I I wasn't one of those people. That's Brandon Connolly, a transgender man in Twin Falls, Idaho. Like, what the heck? My health insurance doesn't cover my gender-affirming care, but she gets it because she's in prison. I connected with Brandon over Zoom after the SCOTUS decision came down. Over time, Brandon told me as he learned more about Adri's case and her story, he changed his mind about her. It really took me back to my own experience as uh, a, a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, 
having to deal with my own gender dysphoria and feeling so alone and desperate. Adri's self-castration attempts really hit home for Brandon. When he was just a teenager, he hated that he had breasts. He was desperate to have them just gone. He thought about trying to cut them off. So I just thought to myself, man, if I could, if I started it, somebody would have to finish it, right? And even though the loss of blood, like maybe it would be worth it because I'd wake up in the hospital and they'd be gone. And it was definitely a red flag for me that I had spiraled so much with my gender dysphoria. Brandon never attempted to cut off his own breasts, but he says he understands why Adri got so desperate and did what she did. And so being able to have a glimpse into what Adri's going through and her her darkest thoughts about, about her gender dysphoria, I really felt that. Brandon says he doesn't agree with Adri's crime. He says it's heinous. But he says if she were a different plaintiff, not a sex offender and not an inmate, people might see her differently. If it were somebody else and their circumstance and their background that was more appealing, everybody would be rallying around them. Brandon told me that there's plenty of work to do around LGBTQ rights, and that fight needs all kinds of people. I just don't want to be one of those people that selects who should be leading the fight and how they should be leading that fight. We should just all be fighting. I don't know all that much about how Adri spends her time in prison these days. It does seem like she's helping other inmates with their legal cases, and every once in a while she gets written up for things like having unauthorized property like a tattoo needle, or getting into brief fights with other inmates. And Adri often disputes those disciplinary offenses. Offender uh, Edmo, do you admit or deny the allegation? Denied. Uh, did you want to comment or tell me what happened? Yeah. So this is a rewrite from... This is audio from a disciplinary hearing after Adri gets in trouble for having legal paperwork from other inmates. The prison says this is against the rules. She disputes the charge and says there's a lack of evidence. She didn't take any pictures. There's no evidence as to what kind of uh, legal work... There's a reason I'm sharing this with you. What I want to note here is how Adri methodically refutes the prison officer's claims and focuses on evidence. Yeah, and I just want to reincorporate the last witness statements and say that. She's been in prison for eight and a half years now, and she's taken a real interest in law. She brought her case pro se, and she did an incredible job. Her attorney, Lori Rifkin, reminded me that while Adri has been in prison, she studied and certified as a paralegal. I'd love to ask Adri directly, what are her plans when she gets out of prison in a year? I've asked her attorneys over and over again if I can interview Adri, but they have said no, citing concerns over how it could affect her case. So I asked Lori Rifkin if she had insight. Does Adri want to work as a paralegal? Lori says she can't speak for Adri on that, but she thinks Adri could have a future in the legal field. She laid out her case in a really good way. So I think, you know, should she choose to proceed that, I, I, I think she'd have a very um, strong background and a lot of skill for that. I was also curious if Adri has plans to return to Fort Hall, the Shoshone-Bannock Indian Reservation in eastern Idaho where she grew up. So I asked Lori about that too. 
Adri, um, being Native American, having grown up on the reservation, has really strong connections um, to her tribe. I don't know, you know, whether ultimately she'll end up staying in Idaho or not, but that's that's clearly a consideration for her and something that's very important to her and is specific to Idaho. checked back in with Clyde Hall. He's a retired judge and Shoshone-Bannock tribal elder I interviewed when I was in Fort Hall. He was the one who told me that Adri had probably had a very hard life growing up. I just know that growing up on the reservation sometimes can be damn tough for anybody. And for somebody that's gay or somebody that's two-spirit, it can be even tougher. Clyde Hall is happy about Adri's win and says he'll be glad if she comes back to the reservation. Well, I'll welcome her back, you know, wholeheartedly. And, uh, and I hope she does well and becomes a protective member of the tribe. Clyde told me people in Fort Hall know about Adri's case and are aware that she's getting the surgery. But those things won't really matter when and if she moves back. What will matter is Adri's conduct. People, especially when you've been gone a long time, people have to kind of watch you and look at you and see how you're going to be and how you're going to fit in and what your conduct is going to be. And so it's all going to depend on her, uh, whether she's accepted into the folds of the tribe once again. I told Clyde that Adri has her paralegal certificate and might be interested in law work. He said that's good. But that's definitely a field that she could get into that's much needed here. You know, you could practice paralegal work here within the tribal court structure. But all that is in the future. For now, Adri will be in prison until July of 2021. In a couple of weeks, Adri will prepare for her surgery. She's already undergone laser hair removal treatment and preparation. She'll also have to stop hormone therapy. And then, sometime in early July... About six and a half years since she first asked medical providers for sex reassignment surgery, and after almost nine years in a men's prison, she'll be transported to a medical facility and undergo the procedure. When it's over, according to Idaho's policy, she'll be transferred to a prison for women. I sometimes think about how I first heard about Adri's case and thought, there is a story here. And after this year and a half reporting, I still feel that way. I can't really fathom what Adri plans to do after she gets out. It's going to be a really different world for her than the one she left a decade ago when she went into prison. But I can say this. Adri's story is important. And her legal win is going to change things for prisons and for transgender inmates like her. This final episode of Locked was reported and produced by me, Amanda Peacher. Our team also includes writer and producer Lacey Daly, reporter James Dawson, and senior producer Frankie Barnhill. Our managing editor is Kate Kincanna with the Mountain West News Bureau. Stephen Cray is our audio engineer. Tom Michael is Boise State Public Radio's general manager. The Locked team would like to add a very special thank you to our spouses and partners, Thomas, Martin, Ruth, Jody, and Matt. We are a small team, and you saw us through some long hours and weekends during this project. We'd also like to thank you, our listeners. 
these kinds of in-depth projects only happen with your support. So thank you for donating to Public Radio. It means a lot. We'd love to hear your feedback and your questions. Write us a note or record a voice memo and send it to lockedpod at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Boise State Public Radio and the Mountain West News Bureau. Learn more at boisestatepublicradio.org. Thank you.